two, one. Here we are. We're live, baby. We're live here with my good friend, one of my best friends, Charles Oros. Hello, everybody. Charles How's Vanelli. it going? Hope you're having a good day. Yes, Charles That is myself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, me and Charles go way back. You know, it's been a, a very, very, very... Hello? Yes. Okay. I was just testing my mic. It's been a very long time I've known him, and I'm excited to dive into this one. Without further ado, we're going to talk about a bunch of different things. We're going to talk about finance. We're going to talk about um, the real estate market, the politics that's going on in Canada for the conservative leadership. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about these things and it's going to be great. So without further ado, let's get into it. Now, before we get into all the news and stuff, Charles, I kind of want to just like talk about, you know, our relationship together, you know, so for a little overview the people so you know you've been a good friend of mine for almost like 10 years now i uh yeah you know, man yeah we both uh well what, went- what year did what year did you did you go to to, to st george's? george's i came in 2012 just like you know right wow. i came from vancouver um oh, it's been 10 years yeah it's been 10 years 10 yeah years. we did we weren't fans yeah. of each other at first well i didn't really care i was friends with everybody but you, you <laughs> thought i was a dick <laughs> yeah right Shan had Shan, you had a you had a reputation you had a reputation yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also had a reputation of, I mean, you're Italian, right? They thought, everybody yeah, thought you were I a am. criminal and all the teachers the thought you were, yeah, they, they suspected yeah. you of stealing things, right? <laughs> they did. And they accused me falsely most of the time. Falsely. Um, of stealing things. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time. Falsely. Yeah. Falsely. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, man, I mean, like it, it was a, it was a pretty, I don't know. What do you think of that school, man? Um, it's a, it's a very progressive school. Um, it's, uh, it's a place where they, they really sheltered kids, you know, kept them in a bubble and, uh, and, uh, you know, for the price they paid, obviously it was like a free ride through high school. A lot of people, you know, we didn't really have to try very hard or work or anything. It was, it was a glorified, you know, daycare. It was, it was a high school daycare and uh, and we had good times and everything but uh stepping out into the real world after that was definitely a little bit challenging i think for a lot of people um but uh for what it was i enjoyed it what i said my kids there probably not probably not yeah. i probably wouldn't do i don't that. know i mean um, look we didn't turn out so bad right i mean like and we i did think not. No. it was it was no. definitely a very sheltered school but we got to meet you liam liam he's also you know he has his own podcast too uh, uh, thanks yeah. to him, I have this podcast. Um, and like, you know, I, I feel like without that area, we wouldn't have met each other. Imagine now that you went to some bum ass school, like, you know, public school, you know, uh, might and not so have been the same the guy. You're yeah. absolutely right. And that's why I can't say it was a bad school. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet to meet you guys and meet meet some good people. Um, but as for the school itself, like if you took that aside. Yeah. Like it's a no go for me, you know. It, it's yeah. a no go, and it's frankly it's too expensive to justify, you know. So I don't know. I don't know if when I have kids, I'll have to. Re- um, yeah, we'll we'll send you'll send your kid down to uh, the the school of Sopranos, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I exactly. feel like that would have been a better education if we just watched Sopranos like every for every yeah. class, you know, every season. Yeah, man. <laughs> You know, yeah. we'll learn some business exactly you know, tough business, yeah you know? and some psychology yeah. in there too you know yeah yeah, yeah. some psychology also yeah. a little bit of uh some some 
some some slang there. Uh, you're some breaking my meat. balls. Yeah, some gabagool. Some gabagool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, I mean, like you know, we've kind of gone our own paths here. You're you're you went to we we we've known each other for a long time, and um, you know, we went to the there's something called Sejep after high school, and I mean, you and I we went to the same Sejep, so. I feel like we got really close within those years, you know. We also had yeah, to endure sure. some uh, some painful friendships in high school. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, but there was a lot of fun there. There's a lot of fun there. Um, but now you're in finance, you know. At first, now you I'm wanted in to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you're busting your ass a little bit in there, right? Yeah, it's definitely competitive, you know. I mean, it's I, I guess it's similar to what you're going through in the entertainment industry, you know. It's it's competitive, right? It's 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 mm. dog eat dog, and if you don't perform, if you're not better than the other guy, well, you'll you'll get booted, you know. And that's just mm -hmm. what it is, and and it's understandable, right? Like you don't yeah, want to. Nobody wants to hire someone that's mediocre. You want the best, mm -hmm. especially when you're dealing with people's money, especially when you're dealing with hundreds and thousands and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Like, it's not a joke, you know. And you you got to know your shit. You gotta, you gotta be confident and, uh, and yeah, yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be resourceful too. The industry's mm -hmm. changed a lot. I've, uh, I've, I've gotten the chance to learn a lot already and I'm only on my third week of my internship, but, um, the industry's changed a lot and I think for the better, and it's something that definitely interests me. So, um, I'm going with it. I'm going with it. Yeah. You know, I'm 23 you, you, years you're old working. and, uh, and that's just, that's just what it is, man. It's a grind. College is a grind. Everyone, everyone that's on this knows that, you know, I'm sure. So, so right now, that's just to tell the viewers, you're, you're working at uh, a national bank, right? Yeah. So, so right now I'm uh, until August. So just for the summer, I'm, I'm interning in wealth management at uh, national bank, which is uh, a Canadian bank. It's a chartered bank in Canada. For those of you that don't live here. Um, it's uh, the fifth biggest bank in, uh, in, in Canada. 140 billion on assets under management. And um, yeah, so far it's going super good. Um, you know, we do everything from, you know, risk assessment from, from clients' portfolios, uh, you know, to investment planning, uh, kind of like helping them every step of the way. Obviously I don't actually touch any of that directly. You do need a CFA uh, to handle people's money and to give investment advice. So logically, you know, I, I don't have that yet. I probably plan on doing that, but uh, for the time being, I don't. I help the advisors who move the money uh, for the clients. So uh, really, really good experience. Uh, everyone there is super, super friendly, knowledgeable. I've gotten to meet everyone. It's a flat hierarchy. So it's kind of, it, it's, it's really different from what you see in uh, like, I guess like movies and mainstream kind of stories, right? Like it's, it's not like, oh, there's this one big guy at the bank and nobody could talk to him. And you, you know, if you're not that guy, pal, you know, mm -hmm. you can go up to anyone. Uh, I, I've gotten to be pretty close with the president of the bank and the guy's 34 years old. He's a genius, frankly. And, um, I, you know, I get to meet the VP of, uh, of uh, National Bank Investments, Capital Markets, right? Like, and, and these are all people who, have, you know, they have the same history that I do. Most of them went to the same school that I did, studied in the same thing. And, you know, and um, it's very encouraging. You said but you met the president of the bank, you said? Yeah, uh, the president of the bank at uh, at National is his name is Jonathan Zurachi. That is Quebecois for everyone out there who doesn't speak French. Uh, he's a he's a French kid, frankly, 34 years old, 
and uh, and he climbed the ranks to the president of the bank. Everyone looks up to him. When he walks in, everyone shuts up, listens to him, but he's very well respected and he's not tough. Um, I mean, you can grab a beer with this guy, you know? I think we're all gonna grab a beer with that guy. We're 14, uh, we're 14 interns and, you know, we're organi organizing a saint cassette or for the English folks, it's a happy hour um, event. And, and basically, you know, we're all just gonna go for drinks, kind of chat a little bit and, get to know a little bit about his life and, and what he does and, and everything like that. So it's very, very interesting. You meet characters at this bank who are, you know, these aren't stupid people, but they're also not mean people, you know? Mm -hmm. They're not like overly serious and you don't really enjoy being with them. They're very, very nice. They're down to earth, but they know what they're talking about, you know? Mm -hmm. And I really, I really like that culture. So, yeah. And so sum uh, that up, it's going well. That's great. So what are you, are you working at a physical branch? Or are you working at the headquarters? What is that? So, yeah, I'm working at the headquarters. The headquarters is at the uh, Sun Life building in downtown Montreal. It's a really beautiful building. And um, that's the headquarters. Uh, it is, it's hybrid. So essentially I can work from home or I can go in. It's kind of up to me. Today I chose to work from home. Uh, most of the days, like uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and sometimes Friday, I go in. Uh, I get to see everyone and, and everything and, and it's kind of better, right? I mean, like my goal is really just to network uh, more than actual, you know, work. Um, not that's not to say I don't work, but, you know, the goal of the internship is really to network and to get to know people. And so the best mm -hmm. way to do that, obviously, is, you know, you, you can't really do that as well from from the laptop at your house. So I try to go in as, as often as I can. A hundred percent. And so in terms of, that's great because networking, you know, like, it determines like where you are going to be in the future because yeah. it, it really depends on the group you surround yourself with. And I mean, obviously me and, you know, your older friends, like we're always going to be there, but there's, we can't deny the reality that there's always, you know, there's, there's some extra seats at the table, you know, there's always going to be yeah. people there that can improve your life and grow, you know? And absolutely, yeah. I'm absolutely. happy for you, man, because, you know, a Thank lot you. of people could get stuck in stagnation, you know, and, we, we, we don't want to uh, progress or we, we get stuck in a friendship that doesn't really benefit us. And I mean, like, it's not, friendships aren't just a benefit um, for yourself. But no, it's, I, it's, I see what you're saying. You're supposed yeah. to feel good and feel like, oh, this guy, like, um, I mean, I don't want to get all philosophical here, but the uh, uh, f uh, philosopher Frederick Nietzsche, he has a chapter in, uh, in one of his books, Thus Spoke uh, Zarathustra, where he says, a friend should be someone that you're trying to compete with, but you guys respect each other in terms of like not compete with. It's like that person should be, you should always be like at war with your friend because wherever he is in life, you kind of want to fight to be like, you know, not doing better, mm. but you know, at the no, same level, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think that's where they, you know, the term like friendly competition, like, yeah kind of comes from right like you you're not competing like it's not like if he wins i lose you know yeah There's nothing like that and you're just um, not going to relate with someone who's like slacking off and you know you, you come there the, yeah. the house is a pigsty you know <clears throat> yeah and we're allowed to be no, in different totally industries agree. yeah um absolutely so what do you do uh, like on, what's your day-to-day -day so far i know you might just be training right now but what are you what are you kind of getting into so oh sorry about that my camera moves so on a day-to-day, -day, basically, um, yeah, it, it's only my third week. Of, I've taken a lot of meetings with, like, uh, people around the bank and everything. I kind of get to know them. I go on, like, coffee chats with them. But as of, like, really, like, my work, what I do, um, 
I basically go through clients' files. Uh, we have a system where basically we could see their whole portfolios, right? Like everything, everything that they own. Uh, we go ahead and pull all that information, right? Like we have all these documents, like I'm talking like 200, 200 pages of documents from, mm -hmm. um, from government agencies, uh, insurance companies, Manulife and Revenu uh, Quebec, like from the government. We take all of the client's information, condense it together. I'm saying we, but it's really, it's me. And uh, take it all together, throw it into an Excel file. And uh, I won't get into the specifics of, of what I, of like of that, but mm -hmm. uh, basically put it into the Excel file and um, basically lay out everything that they own, um, every, every, every investment they have and how much they make, what the risk profile is. Like some, some clients have like, a, mm -hmm. you know, a higher risk tolerance and mm -hmm. that, that's usually correlated with their age. Um, a mm -hmm. lot of people that are retired have a pretty low risk tolerance, right? Like I'm not mm -hmm. about to start investing in all this crazy stuff. Like I have 2 million in the bank. Like just get me into, just get me into bonds. I'll be fine. That's, basically what you're dealing with. It's also cool because, you know, you get to map out um, what, like what income they make. And a lot of these retired people that I've been, that I, whose files I've been working on, um, they own businesses like plural. Um, they hold their money in trust. Um, they hold three, four, five plus, you know, properties, uh, stocks, bonds, foreign uh, emerging markets, you know, it's very diverse and it's not something that I, at the time, you know, that my portfolio looks nothing like that, but it's like, wow, to really see that and um, mm -hmm. to, to map it out, you know, it's like, uh, it's cool. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's very, very That's interesting. That's awesome. That's like yeah. right up your alley. Yeah. It's right up my alley. Exactly. And so just like going, going back to what I was saying earlier, it's like this big Excel file that I, that I make, like it takes a few hours, but once it's done, um, the, like the advisor, um, who who works with that client? They get this Excel file. They see exactly what they own, what their risk profile is, et cetera, et cetera. And so then they know exactly what the client needs. Um, they can ask them questions regarding like regarding their file. Sometimes I write down questions for them, like, "Hey, what do you plan to do after you retire?" Um, some people say, "Oh, I want to sell my house after ten years." You know, what do you plan to do with that money? That's like eight hundred thousand dollars of of cash. Like, you know, you got to have a plan for it. And so. Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of what i set up for the advisor and then the advice it's up to the advisor to really just pass that on to uh to the client themselves so so your yeah. job is almost like the equivalent of like you know uh, like what liam did for sean hannity like you get all the notes like major points and then sean hannity goes up there and then you know he starts reading like the yeah. big points that to, to, it's well almost said. like a that's, cheat sheet that's exactly it yeah that's a good way of thinking about it yeah that's awesome that's awesome, yeah. man. I mean, you know, for you though, for you guys, I mean, obviously, you know, for the few listeners I have right now, you guys obviously know I'm a, I'm a simp for Tesla and Elon Musk. And the, the man who's responsible for the simp uh, insinuation is, is Charles right here. He's actually the guy who got me to open my first uh, Quest Trade account investing. Um, yeah. You know, I, I followed a lot of his uh, advice about which stocks to choose. And I mean, you know, some of them good. And I mean, <laughs> some of them I lost money, but that's the name some of the of game. Some of them feel bad, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, don't invest in vegan stocks. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, so in terms of that, just one last question. Do you work in English or French? I work entirely in French. Entirely in French. French. How crazy Everything is that? Is I mean, And you went to school your entire life in English. Yeah, I will. Part. Well, no, you, you I were in the higher French. 
Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's what I mean. Yeah. So that's kind of like a. It's different though to go back into it entirely. You know. Um, yeah, man. It was it was intimidating, you know, because like I said, you know, there's there's 14 other interns. Three of them yeah. are like they don't live in Montreal. Uh, two mm -hmm. of them live in Toronto. One lives in Medicine Hat, Alberta. Uh, oh wow! Kind of in the middle, kind of in the middle of nowhere. You know, oh my kind God, of funny. Yeah, it's like a little town. It's like Martintown, you know. And they have to speak and, French. Uh, these guys? No, they don't speak a lick of French. Oh. And shit. so you know, for them, you know, whenever we take meetings with executives and stuff like that, they're all fr they're all French, you know. But mm. the idea at the bank at National, and and I'm sure we're gonna get into this. Um, uh -huh. Business in Canada, even though we're headquartered in Quebec, needs to be bilingual you know it needs to right because it's not everyone in canada that speaks um that speaks french far from it actually mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um so a lot of the like people higher up they do speak english they definitely have that quebecois accent and everything um but everyone is quebecois right mm -hmm. that's like that's the most quebecois name like you can find you know do He's you think you as an italian could be the ceo one day or the president one day <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to rebrand. I'd have to rebrand. Yeah. Make an Italian. I mean, look, Fauci did it, right? But um, I don't know. That's a good question. Good yeah. question. I mean, hopefully. Uh, I mean, the, the like, yeah. just kind of jumping off of that, um, I think it's a good approach to be more bilingual. I think it's a better approach to see it both ways of the street. And obviously, Quebec is a French-dominated place. But now we have this... this uh, this new regulation that they want to pass. What, which, what's the bill called exactly, Charles? Uh, I don't know the bill exactly. Bill 96, I think, or bill something like that. I, I um, think you're right. Yeah, nice. Anyways, I'm going to read off some of the things that they want to pass. Basically, Montreal, Quebec, they want to, there's a, there's a side called the separatists. They want to basically bring Quebec back to just French, no more English. They, they want to basically, kill off any sort of English and make it completely and entirely French. And the reason for that is because they have a strong sense of nationalism, which is not a bad thing, but it's also like, you know, you want to make it an inclusive society, which I don't believe Quebec and the, uh, the government is, I mean, the government, what they want to propose with this bill is trying to do. Because the reason why Toronto is what it is today is because, you know, Quebec, because we, we in 99, I believe, Right, the separatists came in. We're ninety-five. They had a referendum, and they said we want to make Quebec separate from uh, Canada. So these English guys, they right. fucking, they got scared. They flew off to Toronto. They built, you know, what's now the biggest city in Canada, and uh, that was our loss. I mean, obviously, there's some positive aspects to it because Montreal is not as commercial and capitalist, um, and like it feels like a cozy place. But now we're facing this you know, this tyranny again from the, these goddamn separatists, you know, I'm, I'm getting sick of it, quite frankly. And we feel, I feel like we're entering like a Nazi police state, you know, that that's kind of what yeah. Quebec feels like it. Look, I'm going to go off here. Quebec feels like it's been a Nazi police state for the past two years with COVID-19. I mean, they're the only mask mandates, you know, in the, in yeah. the last... I, it, it, you only like a week ago they lifted the mask mandates, which is, in my opinion, insane. It's fucking insane. But anyways, uh, we're gonna I, talk I about this. Yeah. And yeah, Charles, you you're telling me there's a quiet revolution going on, right? 
Yeah, there was like a, a kind of like this quiet revolution, <laughs> if you can call it that, um, where like, uh, you know, for the, I mean, look, to give, to put things into on the Saturday, today's Monday, so Saturday, um, finally, after three years or something, um, mask mandates were done. Until then, right, the months leading up to that, there was this quiet revolution that kind of went down and nobody really talked about it. But people basically were like, oh, fuck the masks. Actually, we're done. And the government can come in and they can impose them, but nobody wanted it. Literally nobody wanted it. And so in stores, most people who who, who owned uh, restaurants or bars um, would just let you in to say, come on in, it doesn't matter, forget the mask, and nobody would really say anything, nobody's gonna call the police on you. Frankly, even the police wouldn't really care. That was like the general vibe, is that like, there was this rule, but at the end of the day, nobody really cared, nobody really enforced it. And so, um, yeah, but but you still had quite a bit of people that would wear the mask. Um, but yeah, it was, it was clear that people were done, mm-hmm. and... Um, and now it's like we got this yeah. new, just when people were starting to relax in Quebec, just when people are, were starting to feel like, okay, you know, we're finally out of the pandemic because Quebec said so, you know, even though the whole world was out of the pandemic, except for China, Shanghai. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't, it's a good thing to compare Quebec to Shanghai, but I mean, unfortunately I have to under these circumstances. Of course they were there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we were the, now it's, we got this whole new list of bullshit we have to deal with. And there might be a second, um, I don't know, what's it called? Migration to Toronto or other cities in Canada because uh, of these new laws they want to impose. But, but first, before we get into that, I want to tell you a little bit about Stream Studio. Street Studio is a perfect platform for you to start a podcast today. Now, the podcast I'm doing right now with my friend Charles is on Stream Studio. Charles, how easy is Stream Studio? It's the easiest thing you've ever shown me in my life. Exactly. I sent him the link. He joined it. Like that. Bada bing, bada boom. We started a podcast. All you got to do is go on streamstudio.com and put your email and you'll get a code. Once you get that code, you could put that code in and bada bing, bada boom. You can start your own podcast today. Stream Studio is the perfect platform for you to use if you want to start a podcast. And I mean, it doesn't matter if you're an old lady. It doesn't matter if you're a small child. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, you don't have a brain. I don't know <laughs> if you're a fucking chimpanzee. It's easy. It's really easy. I mean, I mean, I, honestly, if you ask me, I've never used something this easy to use. I tried doing podcasts before in the past. It was a headache because I had to turn on the camera. I had to turn on my my logic or whatever to record my audio. And it was just a pain because, you know, I get recording off my microphone, but I wouldn't get any recording off my camera because it's hard to deal with something when it's not centralized. That's what Stream Studio does. They centralize everything and they make it easy for you to start a podcast. So go ahead, go on streamstudio.com and start your own podcast today. You can use the promo code Cheyenne Amiri to, to get a nice deal. So S-H-A-Y-A-N-A. A-M-I-R-I. That's S-H-A-Y-A-N-A-M-I-R-I. All right. Without further ado, let's read those those these new laws that are uh are, are gonna happen. So first first one, which is I think fucked up, because imagine you're like an immigrant who just moved to Quebec and like you're an old lady, or you're an old lady who's an immigrant, like a, your nana, for example, she didn't speak French, you know. The doctors yeah. will be required to address all their patients in French. 
I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, Tankai, look, you might as well just read the whole thing because it's all. All right, I, I want to, because I thought you were going to be like, oh, hell no, nah, you know? Oh, well, <laughs> listen, I don't have to say it, but that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Speaking French will be mandated in companies with more than 25 employees. The wow. number of mandatory French CGEP courses for Anglophone students will increase to five. Nobody really gives a shit. I mean, Nobody if you're, really gives a shit. yeah, and limitations on the number of students accepted in English speaking schools will be set. That's pretty fucked. I mean, like, imagine, you know, yeah. you, you're, you're working for an English company in Montreal and then you can't send your kid to an English school. You know, we went to an English school, but that's kind yeah, of, like, I mean, that's already, that's already happening. Like there's already a quota on the amount of kids that you can send to to, to English schools. Like Dawson mm. had that, and it, it's a big problem, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that's really all this. That's all, it's really all this is. It's more of the same, um, same push that this conservative that the conservative Quebecois government is really trying to impose, you know. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's English versus French. I mean, we could all shy away from that, but it's kind of exactly what it is. Yeah, and um. And right now, the, the French are in the government, and they want they want it all, man. They want it all. They want and it all, but that's October, not the that's not the, the the least of it. It's fines. You could get thirty thousand dollar fines if you um, if your companies they have uh, incidents that are repeated when they speak only in English or, or other languages, which is like you know who's what are we gonna have the French police that are gonna come to your your house or your company or whatever, and they're gonna say, hey. I caught you saying uh, hello, you know, and then you're going to $30,000. But the most fucked up to me is that they're going to, the government will have the right to seize one's work phone to verify that they're communicating in French. Like, bitch, hands off my phone. You ain't touching that shit. Like, what is this? Nazi Germany? You know what I mean? No way. That is tyranny. But I think at the end of the day, it's all bullshit. I, I really do. I think at the end of the day, this is all, because look, for those that don't know, in October, which is coming up fast, um, this guy, the leader of the Quebecois Conservative Party, is up for re-election. And What's his name? François Legault. Mm-hmm. And he's up, for, he's up for re-election. And he's trying, he's, he's trying to give the, his base everything he wants, everything they want, you know? Um, that this and this is exactly what they want. This is right up their alley. They want everything to be French, you know. So they're totally. They read this and they're like, "Wait, wait, c'est normal," you know. Like they they 100% agree with this. They're like, "Fuck mm-hmm. yeah, keep going, give them more," you know. Um. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a political game. Is it going to go into effect? I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it. You know, we already have the language police here, which is fucked up. Um, but we already do. They've already cracked down on cases. We all know the classic Italian case, uh, you know, the Italian restaurant that got fined or, and shut down, actually, because they wrote their menu um, in Italian and not in. Are you kidding me? Them. So, yeah, they wrote pasta and it was supposed to be Paul's. She's like, all right, buddy, why don't you go fuck yourself, okay? Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Like, so, something These people not have better things to do than to go harass businesses. You know well, what I mean? At the end of the That's day. The they literally yeah. don't. They, they have nothing better to do. Right? At like, the end of the day, it should be about like the, the service the or the quality of the business. Like if this past is going to make you shit your bed all night, then maybe then the fucking police should come in. But I what, agree. 
You know, I, I don't know what the hell a polyev. What is it you said there, polyev? Huh? Polyev. Pasta? Yeah. That's that's pasta. <laughs> no, no. Wait, what are you talking about? Pasta? <laughs> you said is a different word in French. Oh, pot, pot, pot. Pot. In French. I don't know what the hell that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and I'm not an idiot. I speak a little bit of French, but still, pasta is pasta. You can't change that word. Yeah. So. Well, my yeah. So and so then you get into the big, you know, the debate. What do you what do you think? And the big issue with this is that the whole thing is subjective. The whole thing is subjective. There's there's nothing. If you evaluate this objectively, well, then it's clear we should be English, right? Because we're taking economic hits, right? We're we're forcing businesses away. Um, people can't study here. Like, the, I don't see what reasons objectively. Again, just objectively, I don't see what reasons you would have to keep Quebec French, other than oh, I want to I want to preserve the culture. I understand. But that's a matter of opinion, right? A lot of people think like, look, I, I'm 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 third generation immigrant, so I didn't like just come here. Um, I'm fully bilingual. I'm 70-30 on this issue, you know. 70% of me believes, you know, hey, uh, fuck the language, fuck the language police, fuck all that, you know. We should just be English, and and they should get out of here. And then 30% of me says, you know what? Like, I kind of I I understand where the Quebec people are coming from. I because I, I do at the end of the day I, I do I really I get it but um but the pros and cons if if you weigh them to me the the benefits of keeping it French are nowhere near you know the cost to society mm -hmm. so to me uh, it's a no go to me it's a no go well I think yeah. we'll always it's almost like uh, what it feels like to me is like Austin Texas is like the only blue part in whole all of Texas and Austin, Texas is what Montreal is like um, to Quebec. You know, we're the only English kind of area. I mean, obviously there's places like shadow gay where there's a mix and then, you know, you have uh, get, you know, whatever it is. But um, the fact that they want to, you know, it's like, I feel like I, at this point, it's like, okay, Quebec all around Quebec, they should have their own laws and Montreal should have their own laws. You know what I mean? It should be like yeah. up to the city of Montreal to impose these laws, not Francois Legault to come in and say, okay, Montreal, you have to do all these things. Because the reality is, obviously, there's a lot of French people in Montreal, but you also got a little, a lot of different language uh, speaking people there too. So you really want to go that route or just playing with the idea, you know? And it's like, it's up yours, man. Like you're, you guys aren't going to be uh, as profitable <clears throat> economically if you guys want to go down this route this political route yeah and i thought you're a businessman mr lego you know yeah. it's, it's it's a little weird you know well he is and his business is keeping his voters and his what his voters want is uh is french you know that's all it is it's the same reason he's giving us all 500 dollars. we don't need it mm. you know he was bitching we were the government was bitching about inflation what do you think that's doing it's inflating you know mm -hmm. makes no sense but he wants his voters and he's willing to take the hit and and have everyone suffer like it's fine you know because he's gonna gain he'll stay yeah. in power so it's all a big big Leahy show it's all a big Leahy show i mean <clears throat> speaking of inflation um today there is an article up on the financial post honestly i just started reading uh financial post it's a little, yep. it's a little 
it, you know, it's Canadian. It's, you know, it's nice and clean. There's no outrageous. I have like my New York post for my like bombastic articles that I want to like just throw out there, you know, outrageous stories. But right. um, since, you know, you're Canadian, I'm Canadian. Let's stick to the subject of just Canadian stuff. Canada's average home price slides to $746,000. Sales plummet amid rising uh, rates. So sales fell across 80% of local markets. Um, And when you look, it says that uh, home prices across Canada appear to be slipping under the weight of rising interest rates. With the nationwide Mm -hmm. average home price falling to $746,000 in April, down 6.3% from March's average of $796,000, according to the data from Canadian Real Estate Association. And then um, it goes on to say sales volumes dropped, um, falling 12.6% month over month and 25% since a record uh, uh since a record april last year while the decline was largely led by the uh, greater toronto area market sales fell across 80 percent of local markets um <clears throat> so it seems like inflation is having an effect um on people buying houses maybe people are getting tired of buying houses or they're just realizing it's too it's that the rent is too damn high they, they don't want to <laughs> pay that much yeah well I mean, look, man, here's, here's the reality, right? Rising interest rates, lower home prices. That's just math, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's the same for everything, right? Like, look at what's happening with the stock market. As you increase interest rates, the price of equities fall, right? They have an opposite direction, right? And the same is true the other way. And the same thing for bonds and the same, same thing for stocks, right? And the reason for that is because your interest rate is your cost to borrow. Whoa, I just fell. Your interest rate is your cost to borrow, okay? And what happened in 2020 is when everyone was locked down, okay, their homes and nobody went to work and everything was shut. We deserved it. And instead of going through it, our government said, hey, it's fine. We'll print our way out of it. We're going to give everyone a bunch of money. And that way they'll just, they'll buy, they'll stimulate the economy. And, and we'll be fine and we'll deal with the inflation later. Well, now is later, okay? And here we are mm-hmm. and it's time to pay the piper. And the piper is in the United States, 8.3% inflation this year, which is the highest, wow. probably I, I, for the, at least for the last 40 years, maybe in the eighties it was higher, but I don't even think so. Uh, and here in Canada, 6.3, um, which again is astronomically high. To give everyone an idea of those of you who don't know, uh, mm-hmm. it should be 2%. It should always be 2%. That's the, that's the government. That's the central bank's role is to keep it at 2%. They failed miserably, obviously. Um, and, so, and so here we are. Now we've got a cool demand, right? Everyone wants so much of everything. Look at the price of everything. Everything has exploded in price. You name me anything. It's fucking too expensive now. Okay. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is because everyone has so Because the cost of borrow is low. Everyone got stimulus checks. bought real estate in real estate inflation in been to uh to to home buyers and the reason for that is people who benefit from inflation are debt holders okay it borrowed eight hundred thousand dollars and this year you know inflation is eight percent well you still you still owe that same amount but it's now worth less right? 
you, you're, that cost is where is, is come down. You make the same payments, but your payments are worth less, right? Inflation is 2%, uh, sorry. Um, 6%. 6%. Interest rates are 2%. You have 4%. So the reason everyone flocked to real estate was really because it was a safe haven, because it was so cheap, right? It became so cheap to own real estate. It became, you know, everyone knew inflation was coming and sure enough, it did. Um, and here we are. And now we have a situation where everyone is over leveraged. Uh, we've taken on too much debt. We're completely out of touch with reality in terms of valuations, right? Because there's a value of a home and it, it depends on the median income or, or if it's a rental property, it depends on mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. much money it actually brings in. It's completely mm -hmm. detached from reality. People don't mm -hmm. care anymore. Mm -hmm. And they went ahead and bought up everything. This, yeah. I mean, just the other day, um, so my, my sister's boyfriend, he's, uh, he's an, he's an engineer. He works for an engineering consulting company. And uh, a lot of the times they, what he does is like, they look at the different units in the condos and they have to make repairs. And then these condo association, I mean, the, the, the owners of the condo, they say like, you know, we can't pay all this money or whatever. So they have to charge the tenants who, who live there. So the tenants have to pay that. But a lot of the times when you look at the value of those specific units, it's way above market, uh, like uh, above uh, the price that they um, they scanned it. I, I don't know who, I think it's the government says it's supposed to be this price, but the right. market is like 700. So if, let's say it's a $500,000 unit. Then the, the it's on the market, it's going to be $700,000, but it doesn't stop there. People are bidding for that unit and it's going to go up right. and up and up. And so by the time you buy that unit at $800,000 or whatever it is, I mean, we're, these numbers are obviously, you know, they're make believe you, uh, you have to think like when I sell this, am I going to take an L or am I going to, you know, make a profit because does it reflect yeah. reality? Like you're saying, does it reflect how much it's supposed to be worth? Yeah. You're right. The issue. You know, we do have a, a supply shortage in Canada. Uh, we builders mm -hmm. and uh, Pierre Poilier, he's running for conservative leader. That's a big issue that he's really trying to touch on, trying to encourage more home building. Um, right now, we're all competing for the same homes. There's too much demand. There's not enough mm -hmm. supply. So that's so another. They need to there's, build there's, new homes. Exactly, it's a basket of problems. It's a basket of problems, and. Um, and I'm hoping that it resolves itself. I, I well, really we am. got we got the debates going on for the conservative uh, party leadership, where yeah. um, you know we have different characters. We have Jean Charest, who's infamous. Yeah. He's known for being in Canadian politics for a very long time. I mean, he started from a very young age, 24 years old, and uh, within Quebec's politics. But you know, he eventually you know rose up the ranks. He he switched from liberal to conservative, and I mean. You know, it it's it seems to be like those two guys are the front runners in this race. Um, yeah, and they seem Definitely. to be Pierre and uh, you know Charest seem to be going back and forth at each other. There, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Charest uh, is is accusing Pierre for uh, supporting a terrorist organization, the Truckers Convoy. Um, right. Those he's saying this was an act of terrorism or whatever. You know, it was a illegal blockade. Um, what do you think of that? What do you think of this whole, uh, name calling? Because Pierre has this thing about Huawei, you know, cause Jean Charest, right. uh, Charest, is it Charest or Charest? Charest, yeah. 
Charest. He, Jean Charest was um, after he was out of politics. He was consulting Huawei while they had two um, people in in China, the, the Canadians, um, that were being held there. I don't want to say hot, as prisoners, I guess you could say. And he was, you know, trying to show them what to do. Like the he's he was he's consulting for them, you know, Huawei, which is a Chinese state, you know, ran organization. So it's almost like, are we going to let this guy who's, you know, has CCP money be the new leader of, you know, the country? Or are we going to let this clean slate, you know, sharp spoken Ben Shapiro looking motherfucker uh, <laughs> win, win this? So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, first of all, I'll just go ahead and go ahead and say it. I, I, I'm team Pierre um, all the way. I, I, I love the guy before he announced his candidacy. I love him now. You know, I think he's sharp. He knows what he's talking about. A lot of people compare him to Trump. I think that's just ignorant. Um, doesn't really make sense. There's, I don't see any connection, frankly, Mm-mm. other than the fact that he speaks out openly about, mm-hmm. you know, mainstream media or disinformation, things like that. I could see that. Other than that, like, I, I, I don't think he's is a candidate. No. Um, in terms of, the, first of all, did, did you have a chance to watch the debate on uh, last week or no? I didn't watch the the whole thing, but I definitely I watched the highlights, and I know abortion okay. was an issue. There was there's a couple. Yeah. Like there's a there's that lady who who's like Pierre doesn't actually yeah. go support a, a pro life movement, and I'm like, bro, this is fucking Canada. Like we don't. Yeah, this like, issue should not. You here. know what I mean? And well, Pierre, so it's, not. it's not. Yeah, Pierre. Issue. Pierre said because a lot of people like my girlfriend, they're saying like. Oh, like the Canadian conservatives, they might like want uh, to stop abortion. I'm like, no, that's not true. Here, just true. it's not true. Oh, yeah. So we're letting this fucking bullshit from the United States slide into our place. And I'm upset at the United States too because I do like some of the policies from the other side. But it's like when they come out with this backwards, you know, medieval ages thing of like you cannot, you know, you cannot get abortion. Like it's like, yeah. bro, what are we in fucking, you know? in islam here like you know what i mean yeah it's- yeah yeah no it's a it's a big problem but i think in terms of politics like we always hear about this when it's election time whether it's federal uh or provincial you know or not a provincial or just like a, a like for a party like like it is now yeah. you always hear about issues like abortion they're kind of non-issues you know because just like you said we're never gonna i believe firmly we're never gonna abortion no definitely so no not. you can't Anymore. we're not going to do that that would you shoot yourself in the foot as a conservative leader right nobody's going to look at you like everyone will hate you this is not what you want so that's over the only issue they're still bringing it up is because first of all everyone is rallying against pierre because he's ahead in the polls like uncomparable okay even mm-hmm. shahed i think mm-hmm. he has like double the double the votes that shahed does right now so mm-hmm. everyone's going in on pierre and the reason they really tackle the abortion issue is because prior to the debate he hadn't really made his stance clear he didn't really say if he was pro-life or pro-choice um obviously at the debate he said i'm pro-choice once and for all flat out like you know and and then everyone was like okay well thank you and then like you could tell like they were expecting him to say like something vague but he was like no i'm i'm pro-choice you go ahead you know it's fine and uh, and that kind of just shut everything up, and and, mm-hmm. and and so then and so then it's like it's on to real business, you know, on to real exactly. business, you know. So um, yeah. 
I think it's just noise, you know, it shouldn't be even in our conversation in Canadian politics because yeah. it's like we have so much shit that's on the line here for this generation. You know, yeah. a lot of people talk about the boomers, sure. how it was, you know, they had a hard time and obviously, yeah, because they were just starting out their lives, <laughs> but the land was theirs to pillage, you know, they could buy right. up as much as they want, but now it's like us, how are we going to afford anything within Canada? I mean, personally, I don't see a future right now at the moment in Canada, I think the best way to, you know, start out your life is somewhere like in the U S where you can actually afford house, you know, and the property taxes, um, not everyone in the U S but it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's tough unless a you're living in your mom's basement. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge issue. That's really what he's running on. You know, housing, housing mm -hmm. is a, is a giant, giant problem. We're going to have to get through it. It's going to take a few years, frankly, but, um, I see the market correcting itself um, and I'm hoping it does because like exactly in the next few years, I'm hoping to pick up. So we'll see what happens, you know? We'll so you said, you said that with um, higher interest rates, the, uh, the, the cost of land goes down, right? The values come down. Yes. And that's the because value? there's less demand. Yeah. There's so you're saying it's going to get better. You're just, yeah. I'm just saying, I think it will like, get better. Okay. So yeah. that article I read, the Canada's um, home, you know, the price is going down. You think that's, we're going to start to see that more and more uh, picking up, right? Look, I think so. I'm, I'm no expert by any stretch, right? But I think so. The fact mm -hmm. is, and this is just math, right? Like if you think two plus two is four, then housing price interest rates go up. That's just, that's just what it is because. Mm -hmm. Right now, the reason, and, and, and they're increasing fast. Like, not, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Like they're, they're going up fast. The bank, the central bank is not holding back, right? Like as the interest rates keep going up, more and more people get priced. You know, all of a sudden that, that $800,000 house that they had at 2%, now they need 5% interest. And then 6% and then interest. And then 7% interest. And also they've been paying attention to the, to inflation, to how expensive the cost of living is now. And so now they're also going to have to factor in, well, hold on, can I really afford to take on a mortgage right now of $800,000 with higher and higher interest payments while the cost of, of living is going up? Probably not, you know, probably not. During the pandemic was a completely different story. Inflation wasn't a big issue. Everyone had money coming in so there's that you know in, in finance or in economics you call it the the income effect right like everyone has the perceived psychology of, of having more money because they're getting more and more money right everyone felt rich i guess for lack of you know everyone felt rich right there's that mm -hmm. that's like the income effect and so they for cheap they could buy anything whether that was cars or houses and if like i said prices weren't yet that bad and then here we are. Uh, cost of living has skyrocketed. Um, the cost of buying cars. I mean, my girlfriend works in in car financing. It, it's going up and up and with no end in sight. Also, shortages which are still persisting. That has increased the price of everything. The war in Ukraine has hasn't stopped. Look at the look. We're paying two dollars and twenty cents a gas, and it's absolutely ridiculous. It's not sustainable. And so, right now, are you really going to say, yeah, honey? Let's go buy an $800,000 house, which two years ago was selling for $400,000. And let's pay 
you know, three, four, five, six percent above what was just being asked? Probably not. Probably mm-hmm. not. And demand, right? Supply and demand. As demand cools down, your price comes down. So that's just what it is. That's just what it is. And and happening in the stock market. The thing with the stock market, the reason it's happening first is because of liquidity, right? Stocks are a lot more liquid than homes. What do you think you could sell faster, a stock or a home? I mean, a stock without question, you know? You go on your phone, you click sell, and then you're done, you know? Some of these people sooner or later are going to realize they have too much debt, you know? Mm. They can't afford they can't afford all these payments that they that they're making. The cost of everything is going up. Mm-hmm. And once they're fixed term their interest rate term which is you know maybe 10 years uh, is up they'll be screwed and they'll default and the bank is going to re- and it's going to go back on um, and someone will buy it there'll still be a strong market um but it'll be nowhere near as hot as it, as it is now so mm-hmm. it's just a matter of time in my opinion so wait so i mean just because like I, I'm not as finance was as you are, so you're saying like when someone agrees to buy a home for a ten year mortgage at a specific uh, interest rate, after that term is up and they didn't pay the full amount or whatever, or if there's like still costs to pay, it's gonna adjust to today's uh, interest rate. So when you buy a home, right, they'll say, okay, I'll give you five percent, uh, sorry, a five year term. Okay, there's a term period right like amortization period is like oh i'm gonna buy a house and i'm gonna pay years all right like Mm -hmm. obviously that that, that's 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 the standard in in canada Mm -hmm. but your interest rate right the interest rate that you signed with the bank is not fixed for those 25 years if it Mm -hmm. is i mean very very rare okay Mm -hmm. it's fixed for your term right which is usually five to ten maybe 15 years but usually five Mm -hmm. to ten years okay Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. for most of these buyers the you know all of these big expensive homes that are going on for sale now um that term is super low it's it's near zero you know which means they literally went to the bank and said hey i want to buy a two hundred thousand uh it's gonna cost one percent like no problem i can i can give that to you right now you know but when that becomes five percent ten percent now you're paying out more you're paying out, think of it as rent. Your monthly payments are getting more and more expensive after your term is up. And just like we all, living is also going. And your income stays the same. For most Canadians, sadly, stays the same. And it underperforms inflation, especially at 6.2%. You think a lot of people got 6.2% raises this year? I don't fucking think so. Like, no. So that's the reality. That's the reality. And it's sad because working people in Canada and in the States, this is all, this, all this is true, you know, in the States, maybe not as, but still true. Um, they're the ones that are going to suffer, you know, rich mm-hmm. people, they, they, they'll be fine. They can afford their payments. They thought ahead, right. They're, they have financial literacy. They, they know what they're getting into. Um, mm. Yeah. So I mean, everyone wants to buy a home and, you know, have buy. a family. Yeah. And for those millennials uh, that are just buying it now, it's it's tough, right? Because they're gonna get fucked in the ass with once yeah. the term is up. Once True. this, huh. yeah. well, I mean, uh, I how do you think voting for a, a politician is gonna solve this? How do you think P- 
Pierre Paul Oliveira is going to have the answer. What do you think he's going to do specifically to make it more possible? And also, before we get into that, I want to ask you, do you think this is a good opportunity for us to come in and buy? Because I'm bitching about, oh, I want to go to U.S. because everything's too expensive. Do you think it's going to be a long time before everything falls to a reasonable price or even cheaper than a reasonable price? Are we going to see a, mm. a, a moment for us to like, oh, the land is ours to pillage now, you know? Yeah. That's a lot of questions golden... there. No, no, no. And they're very good ones, man. And that's the golden question. And even at the bank, that's what everyone's asking themselves, right? You have IAs that are, sorry, investment advisors that are wondering the exact same thing. The reality is, and it's kind of the boring answer, is that no one knows, man. No one knows. It's hard to time the market. But if you look at the math, and math is often right, you know, it's often right. If you look at the math, then yes. And yes, give us a buying opportunity, provided you plan ahead, right? Like, look, there's, there should be no problems here, right? Ideally, in a, in a perfect market, there should be no problems here. You know, we should all go ahead and assume that everyone that's bought these houses over the last two years has done their due diligence, right? They've planned ahead for inflation. They knew that prices were going to go up and that inflation was going to be bad and go to $3, you know? They, they should already know this and they'll be fine and they've covered for it. In reality, people aren't that, aren't that smart. Maybe, you know, again, finance, people who are financially literate, corporations are. Majority are. That's who's going to suffer. Well, I mean, um, people aren't that smart, but people know when they're getting fucked. And I mean, that's kind of what happened with the truckers. That was more about uh, vaccines and stuff. And I think we're at a point where, you know, where your everyday worker, he's he's going to realize everything's too expensive. It's un, it's impossible to live. Um, and, you know, like people are going to go on the streets. They're going to start protesting, whatever government it is, because they're going to say, like, we can't afford to do anything anymore. I can't, afford, you know, I, had a, I have a kid. I have a family I have to feed. And, I mean, like you said, my I'm not getting a raise at work, you know, so – eventually they're going to have to blame it on somebody. And I, I know that the government might want to push for more um, reliance on them, you know, where the government is going to be a cushion and they're going to give you money and all that stuff. But I think we've seen that already this year and people know that that's not a, a long-term solution because you're going to even get more, 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 um, you know, uh, poor and, and un unable to pay, you know? So I, exactly. I, I don't know. Hopefully we could be optimistic and think that if the government, you know, goes that route, because I know there's a lot of these uh, agendas and we've talked about conspiracy theories a lot, you know, um, we're not going to get too into them, but I, um, I think people are waking up and they're going to, it's going to put a, they're going to put a foot down on whatever it is for, you know, the society that they want a rent society where, you know, you have to rent for the rest of your life, everything. And, um, you yeah. know, hopefully we see that becoming a trend. The hundred percent agree with you. The problem is to really get that done. And, and this goes back to the original question. Why am I voting for Pierre? Why do I think conservative government would be better at this point in time is because the only way, look, we deserve to be in session in 2020. We was laid out no one was going anywhere no one was spending right like it's it, 
it, it, it was no one's fault. It's just, it was unfortunate. And that was the recession we needed. Instead, we printed our way out of it. And, and here we are. And now we're dealing with crazy inflation and it's out of control. Everything's out of control. So how are we going to... You're right, right? We can't go the route of, hey, let the government just bail us out for money, give everyone money. Everything will be fine. We can't go that route. Because just like you said, more and more, more debt. It's not really going to solve anything. It'll give you short-term solutions and long-term. So what's... Ripping off the band-aid. And that's, that's okay, number two. You know, hike up interest rates. Jack them up all the way. Give it, give it to me, baby. You know, we need it all, bro. And that's just the reality. We need to kill demand. There's too much demand for products, for homes, for cars. There's too much. And with that is going to come more than likely unemployment. People are going to lose their jobs, right? And then we're going to enter a recession. And it's hard. Those are hard times. Because again, who's going to suffer the most? Working Canadians, right? Like they're going to lose their jobs. And we're all going to be on unemployment. And it's going to suck. But it's only going to suck for a few years. Again, in the short term, you're creating... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm way you're creating short-term solutions and long-term problems and the other way you're creating short-term problems problems but long-term solutions mm -hmm. and it, it, they're, they're mirrors of each other right mm. which would you rather have like look either way you're gonna suffer you know mm -hmm. but i would rather go through it all right like frankly we deserved it i i, I say we as if we all collectively did something we, we didn't it's just that you know what like an economy these policies workers, yeah these policies, policies exactly yeah it, it, it's just it's what happened. It's unfortunate. But uh, for the time being, that's where we're at. And that's what we got to do. And I think when it comes time, to conservatives are your best bet. I agree. And I agree. Which conservative is your best bet? Pierre. Because Pierre seems like he's the one that's going to deal with the tough reality. Well, know? I mean, this isn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like. I'm not very, I, I don't try to be too political or express my opinions on this podcast of who I'm voting for or whatever. It's just at this moment in time, like we see there's a coalition with the NDP and the Liberal Party. And I mean, obviously there's things that we want to tackle such as the environment and social issues. But we're at a point in time, it's like we have to be able to think of our housing, where we're going to live and what and how we're going to eat and how we're going to get that money. Those are the three things we have to focus on right now. And I mean, unfortunately, those other issues, they, um, when people are hungry, when they, those people, people need to ha be comfortable enough to think about those issues. And we're at a point where we're yeah. not comfortable enough. And, yeah. you know, it's food shortages are, are real and they're coming. And, you know, I mean, obviously we're not going to get hit as bad as third world countries, but a lot of people in third world countries, they're not going to be able to survive this because, you know, who's going to get all the food? It's going to be us. You know, the, the first world country where we, we have the, the means to get that. But in places like, you know, um, Yemen or, you know, these countries that have been impoverished, a lot of people, unfortunately, are going to die, you know. And it's sad. It's sad. I mean, and like you said, the short-term solution of, um, I mean, the the you know the short term uh, stretch where we're gonna have to suffer is worth it if it's gonna be a long term you know living in this we're digging ourselves in a deeper hole because we're getting assistance yeah. from the government. But anyways, yeah. to 
if you want to have conversations like this, if you want to have um, more, you know, you want to hear, you get your voice heard, opinions matter, then I think you should start a podcast. And how should you start a podcast? Using Stream Studio. Charles, how, how fun has this been right now? It's been a blast. Big shout out to Stream, everyone from there, everyone that works there, especially the Quebecois guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Stream is amazing. I mean, like, how easy was it to, to just get this thing rolling? And, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen you. People talk about FaceTime. Oh, it's great. I see my, my grandchildren after all this time. But forget FaceTime. Go on Stream. Make your, your interactions public. People care about those things, right? <laughs> Charles Charles is in awe. <laughs> He's just frozen in awe. But Absolutely. anyways, to, to, <laughs> to sum it up, Stream Studio is amazing. It's great. You go on streetstudio.com, you put you put in your email, you get a code from your email, you put that code in, bada bing, bada boom, you can start your own podcast like that. It's easy. Do it right now. Do it right now. You could do it right while you're listening to this podcast. You could talk about what you think about this podcast. Yeah, Cheyenne's a fucking asshole. He's, he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Exactly. Do it. Do it on streetstudio.com. Streetstudio.com. Use the promo code Cheyenne Amiri, S-H-A-Y-A-N-A-M-I-R-I today to get yourself a sweet deal. But um, awesome. I mean, it's been an hour. It's been an hour. I mean, we can keep it going. There's other issues, but uh, let's let's move. I, there's a couple other things. So we covered the conservative election that's going on. Uh, you've stated that you like Pierre. Um, we covered the, the housing market a little bit right now. Um, I mean, there are other issues. I mean, we're not going to talk about Amber Heard and stuff. But uh, so what? Uh, an interesting story that I think that you might find interesting too is obviously there's two billionaires you love. There's Elon Musk and then there's Jeff Bezos. I don't know if you like Jeff Bezos, but today we, we know that Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, right? And Washington Post infamously changed their slogan to democracy dies in darkness when Trump got elected. So obviously really? we know the... Yeah, they're wow. left-leaning. I didn't know that. But Washington, okay. Yeah, Washington Post has like op-eds. Actually, today they had an op-ed that said, we should change the name of George Washington University. But it's like, bro, oh, <laughs> Washington yeah, Post, yeah, you yeah. fucking idiots, you know? <laughs> like, fuck. That's so funny. You know what? Are we going to change Washington next, the state? You know? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. It's everything. fucking everything. Change it. But so today... Um, I mean, everyone, you know, Jeff Bezos isn't very, he's not very like his vocal on Twitter or anything like that, but he is pretty um, out there when it comes to him partying and his, you know, like his wife, yeah, he's you know, he, he, yeah. he, he's flashy. He looks like Thanos out there. He's jacked, you yeah. know, jacked, the, fir man. <laughs> the first years he's of his life, big. man. He's too big, man. I, I like I'm convinced he's on steroids or something. Dude, man. he's on roids on. for sure. He's, Dude, on, he's on roids. 100%. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And not, not just that, but like, you know, he, he, when he was a little guy, a scrawny guy just starting Amazon, and he talked like this and, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he always had the yeah. same laugh, though. Yeah. Yeah. His laugh. He has that weird laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, his laugh. Um, but yeah. anyways, so this guy, Jeff Bezos, very surprisingly – has um, sparred with Joe Biden on Twitter about inflation. So, I saw. Yeah. 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 So Joe Biden says, you want to bring down inflation? Let's make that the wealthiest, uh, you know, the thing. Let's make the, the sure the wealthiest uh, corporations pay their, their fair share. 
Yeah. Right, hairy legs. And then Jeff Bezos replied, the newly created disinformation board should review this tweet, or maybe they need to form a new non-secretor uh, board instead. Raising corp taxes is fine to discuss. Taming inflation is critical to discuss. Mushing them together is just misdirection. <laughs> so, I mean, what's your take yeah. on this, Charles? I 100% agree with him. There's no correlation there at all. Biden's trying to put off inflation as a as a rich as a as you know being caused by the rich not paying their taxes. I mean, that's so that's so not true. It's, it's complete nonsense. It's laughable. That's like a fucking joke, you know. And obviously Biden didn't write that because God knows that old fuck can't handle a computer, <laughs> you know. So whoever the hell wrote that is really you know on his meds. Okay, because that's ridiculous. So, I'm with uh, I'm with Bezos on that one. I don't love Bezos, uh, you know. Why frankly, I, I, I believe in being humble, and and he's not that guy, pal. He's not that guy. You can give back a lot of money, you know, and, and just in general, you just give back a lot. And people's lives, and and he he chose no. Instead, he's gonna just live it up, and and uh, and that's fine. I don't mean to take away. I know he's obviously a philanthropist and gives away a lot of money, but. In general, uh, he's 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 not really that guy, you know. Well, what, he doesn't really want to be that guy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what I don't like. I mean, listen, I don't care what he does with his money. He could he could have a million gumas yeah. for all I care, you know. Oh, I, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, but yeah, I think that hopping on the political, uh, uh, playing hopscotch there is a little like, come on, Jeff. Like you run the Washington Post, you're fucking. Uh, you guys do a lot of misinformation and disinformation like on a daily. Who the hell are you to judge? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I don't but know. But it's entirely possible that he owns the Washington Post as an investment, right? Like a business rather than to spread his own narrative. In fact, yeah, I don't think as that the they largest shareholder, he should, he should be able to kind of like steer the direction of what his newspaper does. And I get it. It's popular to be liberal, like Google, like all these different guys, you know what I mean? But at the same time, he wants to money. be so, he's That's making money. He's making him money. You Do you know? think people That's actually like read these think... articles? Uh, well, I don't. So I don't know. I'm yeah, you don't. I don't. I don't think anyone we know does and maybe that's just one demographic but even like you know someone who's super liberal you think they're going to read the washington post you know like here's why black men are racist you know that's the next article <laughs> that they have. yeah it's definitely like a stretch you know and, and it's all of media has kind of become like clickbait yeah and uh you know it, it it's kind of sad it's sad that we we, have, we can't live in a society so sad with just authentic news that doesn't exist anymore you know yeah yeah well i mean it's it's uh, kind of result of trump and uh, you know everyone yeah ganging kind up of, on right? him and yeah that's kind of true that's yeah. kind of true it's like well, trump the media was... loved trump man you know they yeah. hated him they hated him in their pieces but they loved them for their profit you know when yeah when trump was elected it was like it, like fucking, I don't know. What's a day for the stock market that everything went up and went crazy? I don't know. 2008, 1999, right now. No, went up, not down. Oh, went up. Sorry. Okay. 2020, 2021. 
Last Anyways, uh, fucking Trump getting elected was a, like fucking the equivalent of the stock market booming, you know, for yeah, the, for the media, yeah. you know. But now it's like the opposite. It's you know, CNN tried to do CNN Plus that went down Ooh, the shit. That was just embarrassing. Yeah, that was just embarrassing, man. Trump was laughing it all the way to the bank. <laughs> yeah, like, CNN has yeah. once again failed. Yeah, but you know what, man? Yeah, but you know what, man? <laughs> what about Truth Social? Okay, <laughs> what about that? Hey, who were the top of CNN? Elon Twitter? Musk said Elon Musk said that they were the, the number one app on the App Store when he bought Twitter, and I'm like, okay, Elon, right, thanks well, for letting okay. us know. Like, yeah, but that was like, you know, it doesn't really mean much. That just means that day it was the most looked uh, looked one, and you know why it Downloaded. was because why? it was the first time that he had posted on it. It was that day, really? and really? he made a post. I didn't even I don't even know what he posted. But yeah, for the first time he posted. So everyone obviously flocked to go see what it was and, and then they did. But that's all hype. Like that's that's gonna die down and it already has. So So what's going yeah. on with Elon? Is he buying Twitter or is he not? Like this is kinda getting annoying. Yeah, well, I kinda get it, man. I mean, like, look, he's on the fence from what like from what I understand. Because I thought he bought it. You told me two weeks ago he bought Twitter. I went on yeah. in, uh, my podcast. I announced Elon bought Twitter, everybody. I did a real. People loved it. But now I feel like I'm disinformation. <laughs> well, know? no, you're not disinformation. Basically, he went back and, and he found out that, look, originally the board had claimed that of all the users in Twitter, okay, of everyone, they claimed 5% of them were bots, okay? Just 5%. Which Elon said, okay, that's no problem. Like, you know, it's fine. Obviously, you don't want bots because that's less real people. Less real people means less revenue. Like, that impacts that impacts the value of the company, right? Like, if the whole company is made up of fake bots, like, dude, the app is fucking worthless, you know? So if you're telling me it's 5%, like, I'm going to give you an offer assuming it's 5%. What happened is that with time, I guess someone must have, like, Maybe he looked into it on his own or someone kind of alluded to the fact that, hey, like, there's no way, like, there's only 5% of Twitter, of Twitter that's bots. Like, it's way more than that, which is kind of true. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of just spam bots and, like, fake accounts. And, uh, and so basically, Twitter, basically, Elon was like, look, I need proof. I need proof that it's 5%. And until then, I'm, I'm holding off buying because, mm -hmm. uh, because then it's, right? It's literally not worth it fake news so uh -huh. that's what's going on now so we're waiting to hear back and, and to see what happens he still has plans to buy it but he just why doesn't he just buy his own it. his own twitter why doesn't he just start his own twitter that's a big job man i mean look at trump you know yeah, but Trump's, the reason dude trump okay listen trump compared to elon elon is like a savior to a lot of engineers and um, people yeah. who are smart, people like listen to Lex Friedman and Elon, they, they, they see him as like a, a hero. You know what I mean? Trump's yeah. demographic on the other hand, yeah. you know, they're not the brightest of the bunch, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, that's, they're that's mainly aging boomers. And I mean, maybe some, some, I mean, look, Trump's very popular, right. And I'm not denying yeah. that, but I'm just saying, the de like I feel like engineers or whatever they don't really care too much about politics or whatever like no, people they who are building this they, 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 they care about creating new things Trump is very like he's he's got his direction he's he's he, you know I don't like the way this is going you know he's 
But yeah. Elon Musk is more like, I want to do things. I want to do opportunities, you know. Yeah. I, I, I see a bright future, you know. It's, it's a different tone, you know. He's always, like, quiet, you know. He yeah. Like two minutes to answer a yes or no question. Yeah, you know? yeah. And have you yeah. seen the way he, he, like, dances? He's like... Yeah. Actually, that's, like, Trump, too. Actually, that's, like, Trump, actually. Yeah, as we were doing it... <laughs> Trump like, is more like... Elon Musk is, like, more like... He does his finger guns, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah point you point too yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so i don't know i mean it, it would um, it wouldn't be the worst thing if him joe rogan <laughs> all these guys they started their own media company you know well i'm sure i'm sure joe joe rogan is going to be like a huge supporter i i haven't really been listening to his podcast or anything i'm sure neither have i no super supportive of it yeah i think just the reason he he isn't building his own platform like you're saying really just comes down to cost um, there's also probably like legal issues behind, you know, using because like look, he's been using Twitter for a long time. He obviously sees some potential in in the platform, right? Um, mm -hmm. You can't just go out and just copy Twitter. You know, a lot of the algorithms and a lot of it of its IP is is proprietary, right? Like you mm -hmm. own it, right? There's a lot of uh, copyright and and then you'd have to go through all of this and then branding That's and true. logo and marketing like it's that's a it's a big the job thing i don't you know? get about that is like how, do, how does that work if fucking meanwhile everyone's copying tiktok i don't know that's a good question uh but it's not they're not exactly copying tiktok right like they are though the reels different. going up 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 you know algorithms yeah. showing you what you want to see you know i get like a bunch of shit about you know just because i posted videos on amber heard and stuff now it's like amber heard drawing every reel i get you know, oh my God, TikTok, really? it's, yeah, I mean, anyways, it's, it's yeah. a lot to, I think it is hard to, it's easier said than done to start a social media company. But my, exactly. my view is, is rather than buy something that's so polluted and like, you know, there's so much shit there. Why not just have a clean slate and, you know, cause Twitter doesn't have the nicest reputation as like, you know, it's a lot of bum, it, it, it's kind of bum ass a little bit, but it's also a mm -hmm. place for, uh, it's a town hall, you know, it's somewhere where people could share their opinions on issues and at a, in a way where, you know, yeah. it's a wide access of people. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like an open discourse, right? Like it, yes. it encourages free speech. And I think that, that, you know, at the end of the day, he's not buying this for the profitability. I mean, the business is a complete disaster, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. A disaster. It's not worth as much as he's paying no. for it either. No way. And so exactly. So imagine then find imagine putting out this huge offer and then finding out that dude, like it's more than five percent bought. Like already I'm paying you this huge premium. Fuck you. Like I'm not paying you this. Mm. So that's the issue going around now. You know, but they didn't want to sell either. They didn't want to sell, but they probably got a lot of pressure, you know, because uh shareholders are pretty happy with fifty fit what is it, fifty two forty? Mm -hmm. no no 54 20 because it's 420 fucking guy um really? yeah yeah <laughs> he's, such a, he's such a meme but anyway um yeah everyone was pretty happy with it the other thing is like because he's so popular on twitter right everything he says gets viewed and the public sees it and he's speaking out against twitter it's just more and more bad news Twitter and if they came out and said no, we don't want to just shit on them. 
and then everyone would have just canceled Twitter, you know, and they would have lost there too. He he kind of played it perfectly, you know. Mm-hmm. He played it perfectly. He kind of said like, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy your company at a huge profit. Your shareholders are gonna be happy. Frankly, they're also happy, you know. Like the board is also happy. It's it's a fantastic deal." Um. And obviously, they, you know, maybe they see more potential in, in the company and they're not willing to sell. But at the end of the day, shareholders are what matter. You know, even if you're the CEO, nobody gives a fuck. Everyone wants to sell like you're out, you know. Yeah. And Twitter um, right now isn't on NASDAQ, is it? It's not like on the stock market right now, right? I think it, I think it, well, it's definitely traded on the net here. Let me. Yeah. Is the Twitter, is it private or not? Because if he owns it. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's still public. It's still, oh, it's public. still public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the time yeah. being, it's still public. So is it, it part did... of the Nasdaq? It is part of the Nasdaq as well. Yeah. So it it was at an all time. Was it at an all time high? Let me see. Yeah, I think it was at an all time high. No, not really. After Elon Musk, I mean, it went up, but yeah, yeah. nowhere near all time high. But it's lo- Yeah, I see that Twitter stock has lost all of its gains since Elon Musk disclosed his stake. Yeah. So, what is disclosed his stake? What is like he what? Like just announced it basically. Disclosing is like saying like, oh, I own I own a stake in Twitter. Like you've so people sold it off. Public. So people sold it off after he said that. Well, no, people people bought it after he said that. That's why it went up. But is it, it says it's, it's lost down. all of its gains. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, I'm stupid. It just means like, yeah, yeah. It's lost all of it since he announced it. Like it went up and then now it's like, it's kind of lost steam a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And so for all of you out there, this is not financial advice, but take it for what you want. Um, it, Twitter right now is trading at what? TWTR is trading for 37.39, okay? Yeah. $37.39, okay. The reason it's trading at such a low price and Elon, okay, let's all remember, agreed to pay 50, 54.20, okay? That's a premium of like what, 45%? That's like a 45% move, okay? The reason it's trading so low is because that is the, the market is basically pricing in Elon not buying Twitter. And if you want to go out and bet that he will buy Twitter, and that he will buy it for the same price. Like, look, he might come back and say, actually, there's more bots. I'm going to pay you $50 a share. I'm not mm-hmm. paying you 54 Well, you'd still make the difference, right? And which is which is a pretty sizable return, especially in the market that we're in, right? Mm-hmm. You make, make 40%. Like, dude, you're chilling. Um, so if anyone out there is willing to, you know, really believes in it and, and follows his tweets and wants to make a little, a little bet, well, there you mm-hmm. go. Don't go buy a lottery ticket. Bet on Elon. So don't so you mean buy the stock is what you're saying? If you believe he's gonna buy the company, yes, buy the stock. Mm, you literally the stock. make the difference. You make the difference. Elon because will come he and says, buy the share right so If he if he buys the stock, it's gonna go at fifty four twenty. Yeah, provided he agrees to that price still. But yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't know. He's been flaky. He's been flaky a little bit on crypto and you know, he's manipulated some stocks. I'm not like yeah. against, I'm not shitting on him. I'm just saying like, he's, he's, he's kind of fucked some people. Not, it's not his fault that he's fucked. It. No, it's like people no, who listen not. to what he said, you know, they right. got fucked over. It's, it's almost like the Alex Jones argument when he said, Sandy Hooks was a hoax. You know, people went out and harassed yeah. those people. It's like, right. you know, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. 
It's kind of a shitty analogy, but whatever. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying, though. I get. Yeah. Anyways, um, all right. Well, I think this has been a good conversation. I think we've we've said enough. Um, we've covered some some good um different things. Um, uh, you know, it's it was nice talking to you, Charles. Yeah, it was great um, talking to you, Shane. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm happy to. You know, this is actually the first time we talk. Three weeks or something, or a month yeah. almost on the phone. Yeah, yeah, it's been a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah, because usually yeah. when I'm, you know, in Toronto, even I'll call you like maybe like three times a week or something. Just I don't know, catching up, but You've been out traveling. traveling. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm gonna tell you more about it in person. Just I've told the podcast okay. is enough about <laughs> me uh, on the road and stuff. But um, it's been pretty good. Um, yeah, it's 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 good. It's good. I'm I'm excited to see you. You know, I'm I'm happy. I I hope yeah. you guys enjoyed. And uh, learned one or two things from Charles, you know, smart guy. And uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Shan. I really, really appreciate it. And we'll have to do it again. You know, you just have to let me know. We well, For sure, man. We'll, we'll get Liam in there here too. You know, we'll have a three-way. Hey, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah, we're talking yeah, about yeah. doing a podcast together. I don't know if it's going to be through this or what, but I think yeah. uh, me and Liam, are gonna, we're going to try to get something going. Cool. Yeah. Cool. It could be the Three Musketeers. That could be the name of the show. We'll, we'll do it. Yeah, man. That'd yeah, be great. it would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Have a couple of drinks, just sit around and talk about things. Yeah, um, yeah. Count me in, man. Yeah. I'm fun. excited for everyone to be together in the summer, like just to come to yeah. Montreal. I don't know when, because obviously work and stuff, but it's, yeah. it's going to. Yeah. you have plans, but come down. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Anyways, that's it. Thanks for listening to the The Shannon Show.